now bring you the Making Much of Jesus podcast featuring the late Dr. Jack Hudson, the founding pastor of the Northside Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And now today's edition of the Making Much of Jesus podcast. Turn now to the book of Ephesians, if you will, as a beginning point. Boy, we're going to go through some scripture tonight. So get your fingers ready, let your fingers do the walking. I'll try to give you page number as often as I can, but we're going to look through it. A sermon you'll never forget, and I hope that you don't. And uh, we'll see now after I get through, if you just half listened like those dummies, or if you really truly listen, now we'll find out. Tonight I want to speak to you, and I, I don't want to keep you in suspense. I want to tell you the title or the gist of my message I want to talk to you about scripture memorization. How you say, oh, Brother Hudson, uh, you'll never forget it if you listen. You know, I mentioned our Sunday school class this morning. I was quite impressed with Brother Frank Wellington, many, many things he did, but one thing that impressed me, and I think maybe helped me in deciding to go ahead and bring this message now, because I want, if I could, to hold it a week, and I'll tell you why in a little later. Now, let me tell you now. I wanted to wait until we could get some scripture memorization cards in our bookstore. We will have them in a few days, but we don't have them now. But I, I felt like, but I listened to him as he told those little nursery rhymes and then would have the dummies to repeat them. And of course, they always got them wrong, which you know, created something funny and numerous. But above anything else, it made us all remember how important it was to be sure that we listened, to be sure that we remembered correctly so that we could repeat these things. Now, I want you to listen with both ears tonight because I think what I've got to say tonight is as important as anything I've ever preached. Now, beginning in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. That's page 1255 in your Schofield Bible. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Our Father, we pray that in Jesus' name that you'd help us to remember what God says to us tonight. But above that, we pray that decisions will be made here tonight for the Lord, that decisions may be here tonight to begin a brand new era in their Christian life. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. I want you to understand that everything that you know tonight, everything that you know hinges and is based upon your ability to remember. You remember your phone number. Some of you can quote your social security number. You know how much you earn. You know where you live. Whatever you may know academically, it's because you can remember everything that you know. The total sum of your knowledge depends and hinged upon your memory. Beloved, I want you to understand that the devil has access to our thinking. He can put subtle thoughts in there. He can disturb our, 
our thinking pattern, our memory patterns, until we'll get them distorted. And most of you tonight believe that you cannot remember, that you cannot memorize, but you can remember. You do know this. Many of you can quote maybe several or maybe a dozen or more telephone numbers with long digits to them. You can remember. The problem is the devil has defeated us. That's why I wanted to read this verse. I want you to think with me, Will, if a minute. I tried to work out something. When I was traveling to Greenville, North Carolina, I, God was giving me this message, and I drove along up there by myself, drove back by myself, and as a result of it, I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. I tried to get some things in my mind, and I want you to notice here, if you will. Now, you notice the armor that's given for the Christian. It's necessary. I remember preaching a series of messages on each one of these, and I'll not go on the night, other than to say, if you will notice that the armor that's given here, every bit of it is for defense. It's to keep you from being hurt. The only weapon given to you for offensive, that is to defend yourself with, is the sword of the Spirit. Now the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, is the Bible. Now I, I know this thing came to me and I began to think about it. Now, I want you to think about it, and if I say, you'll never forget this message, for every time you look at your hand, it'll bring it back. Now, I want you to think with me. There are five basic ways that you can get the Word of God. Number one, and I started on my little finger because I feel that's the weakest of all my fingers, at least it is on my hands. Now, I think of that as hearing the Word of God. Now, what you hear 24 hours later, you only remember 15% of it. So I put that first, hearing Number two, you can read. You can read the Word of God. Now, in reading the Word of God, 24 hours later, you can retain 30% of what you have read. I put this one, study, to study the Word of God. Now, what you study, you can retain 60% of what you study. Now, in my mind, I made this finger then, meditation, meditate, to think. Now, I didn't put any percentage on it because really it's just taking what we've heard, what we've read, and what we've studied and thinking on them, meditating on them, going over them in the heart. Now, that leaves one very important part. Now, I imagine in our fingers and so on, the hand, or on our hand, the thumb is the strongest and probably the one that we'd miss the most if it were gone because that's the lever that we used to hold with and so on. So I put that one memorization or memorizing the Word of God. Now let's go over it again and see if you got it. The weakest point of you is listening, just like you're doing right now. The second weakest is reading. The third, and you get in the middle of the road here, uh, is studying, and this one is meditating, but this one's the strongest of them all is memorization. Now let me see if I can demonstrate to you. This is the Word of God. Now I know we don't use it in the book form, but we use it. It's strong. Now, supposing I just hear the word. So I'm going to put my little finger on the bottom of the Bible and put my palm on the other side. Now, you can't see my thumb on that side, but it's not touching anything, and I don't know how to hold my, all my fingers out. But I've only got to... Brother, come up here a minute and help me, will you? I want you to come... Now, I want you to... to now, I've got that as strong as I can get that little finger in my palm. Would you pull that Bible out of my hand? I'm going to hold as hard as I can. You see how long... Now, that's all I... He took the word. Now, if he were the devil, and I'm not indicating that he is, but if he were, now I wouldn't have any weapon, would I? Now I'll tell you what I'm going to do a little more. Just stay here a minute, Mr. Satan. 
Uh, now, this Satan's going to attack me. Now, I've got my armor on. Now, watch. I have, I have read it. Now, I'm going to start reading it. So I've got two fingers on it now, haven't I? All right, I've got two fingers. I've read it and I've studied it. Now, see if you can take it away from I'm holding tight now, but you see I've lost it, all right? He's not very active and he needs to be a little more aggressive. The devil would be, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I'm going to read. Now I'm going to start studying. Now that gives me a little better grip on it. No thumb yet, now see. All right, now he comes up against me now. See there? I tried. I really tried to hold it. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to read it. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. Now I'm going to meditate on it. Now I got four fingers on it now and my palm and I'm going to hold it. Now he comes against me and boy, he's working on me now. There's no thumb there and I've got it, but I still lose it. But now I'm going to start memorizing. Now I'm going to get it on there. I've got a handle on the sword now. And when Satan comes against me and try to pull it out, he can't get it, you see? Well, I got it now. And then when I get it away from him, I'm going to pull it till I get it. And I, ah, ah, ah. I told you you'd never forget it. You said, you remember that night to preach, preach like to beat Brother Tear to death with the Bible, you know? Now, isn't that true? Isn't that what he said? The sword, this is the sword in the hands the Spirit, and as we hold it, we can apply it. Now, you remember what you learned there in the introduction, and we'll see it. Now, let's get to this point now. First, I want to say, why then do some never memorize the Scripture? Why do some never memorize the Scripture? Number one, they don't see the value of it. They've just simply been robbed by Satan. Satan has sold you a bill of good. Did you know what I could tell that most of you adults, why you don't memorize the Scripture tonight? You think it's fine for children. You demand that your children do it. You believe in the scripture memorization program we have in our school. You believe it ought to be done. But you don't do it. And the reason you don't do it is you think it's for children. Do you know why you think it is? Because the devil sold you that bill of good. And the devil, if he can defeat you, and if all you do is listen, and all you do is read, he can jerk the sword out of your hand, and he can defeat you. If he can keep you from memorizing the scriptures, he can whip you. Now, I believe the reason then that we don't memorize scriptures, at least many of us, is because we don't see the value. And then some say, of course, you cannot memorize. Now, you need to get that out of your mind. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand, but I want to ask you an honest question tonight. I wonder how many of you in here if would, would raise your hand, if I'd ask you to, and I'm not, but would raise your hand, and say, Preacher, I do not believe that I can memorize. I'd have to say to you, Beloved, I do not believe it. I do not believe there is a single person here tonight who cannot memorize Scripture. There is something about God's Word that even if you, in essence, quote, have a poor memory, and you don't have a poor memory, you may not have a developed memory, but nobody has a poor memory without you have some mental problem but you can memorize the Word of God. But Satan again has sold you that, and I'll guarantee you most of you can remember the batting average of somebody, the football scores of the last game, or the telephone numbers of a hundred people, and you could go on down the line. But you say, I can't memorize. Others say, well, Brother Hudson, I'd memorize Scripture, but now listen, and if I've missed you now, I think I'll get you into the category, I just don't have the time. 
I just don't have the time to memorize Scripture. Beloved, I could come back with a very simple answer, but I'm not sure you'd understand it. If I'd say, you, don't, you can't afford not to memorize Scripture, you can't afford not to, time shouldn't be, nothing should be more valuable than doing God's will in your life. You know, I found out there are two basic kinds of people in the world. One of them is an excuse finder, and the other is a way finder. They find a way somehow. Do you know the busiest people are the men and women who do the most and therefore get the most done are the busy people? They're the wayfinders. There are other people that find excuses. Basically, that's the only two kind of people you'll deal with. A person that says, I'll find a way somehow. The other finds an excuse. They live under the excuse. An excuse is a reason stuffed with a lie. That's all it is. And then I want you to understand this. There's another reason that some never memorize, and that is just because they're backslidden. They don't want to have the Word of God dwelling in their heart. They don't want to know it. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to put it out. They're backslidden. There's another reason, and I have to be honest with you, this could cover a lot of people too. You're lazy. And I mean not only physically, but spiritually and mentally, you're lazy. You need some mental calisthenics. You need some exercising of your mind. You're just lazy. You won't apply yourself to it. And that's the very reason that you've been defeated. There's another reason, too, I believe, and the Scripture will back me up in what I'm saying, and perhaps I'll share it with you in a minute. There are some that just rebel against it. They say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And they rebel against it. God says in the book of 1 Samuel, he says that rebellion uh, is the same as witchcraft and the same as idolatry. There's no difference in a person who rebels, stubbornness, and so on. Then, of course, there's a reason there's a lack of purpose. Some people just don't have a purpose in their mind. They don't have a purpose in their life. They don't need to memorize Scripture, they feel, because there's no purpose there. All right, let's get to the next point then. That's why some people never memorize. Number two, the Bible teaches you to memorize. The Bible teaches us to memorize. Look in the Word of God. Now let's start looking some places. Look in the book of Deuteronomy, if you will. Chapter number 6. That's page 224. I want you to see these Scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 6, page 224. Let's begin reading at verse number 4. I think you'd understand it better. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words, that's the very words I just read you which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now, you know, that's not as archaic as you think it is. When I was a boy, people didn't say memorize so much. They used to say, oh, he knows that by heart. Have you ever heard that? How many of you ever heard that expression? Yeah, sure. That's what he's talking about here. They know it by heart. It means they know it down inside. It simply means they've memorized it. That's what they're saying. Shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them uh, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you believe he meant for them to take the Bible along and read those verses when they were walking down the street, when they were coming into the house, when they got into bed, when they got up in the morning? Do you believe he meant for them to get up and get the Bible and read those verses? I do not believe that's what he meant. I believe he meant for them to memorize those verses and remember those verses, quote them in his own heart. I want you to look again now in Job chapter number 22. 
Come right over in your Bible. That's page 584 in your Bible. Page 584 uh, in your Schofield Bibles. The book of Job, chapter number 22. And verse, uh, I believe it's 22. Chapter number 22 and verse number 22. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Again, he's talking about, as we used to say when we were kids, he knew it by heart. I mean, he had memorized it. Memorize the word of God. Look again, if you will, turn just a little further now to the book of Proverbs. Uh, let's see, page 673. I'm giving you these pages so you can find them, and I want you to read them because I want to make an impression on your heart. Page 673 in the book of Proverbs. And let's begin there in chapter number 3 and verse number 1. We'll be looking at several here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3 and verse number 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let thine heart. There it is again. Memorize it. Look in chapter 4 and verse number 20, if you will, please. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. And again, there it is. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Get the word of God into your heart. Look at verse 21. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Look at them, read them, memorize them. That's what he's saying. Look at chapter number 6 and verse number 21. Bind them. Uh, let's look at verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. What he's saying there is memorize the word of God. Look at chapter number 7, verse number 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Again, memorize. Beloved, I want you to understand. Look in 1 Samuel chapter 15. That's page 335 in your Schofield Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, beloved, I want you to know that when we reject the Word of God, our lives many times become wastelands. Our lives become useless to the Lord. And God, in essence, will say to us, Because thou hast rejected the Word, I will reject thee from the position that I'd like for you to be in. Brother, we need to understand. We need to get Him into our heart. We're commanded to memorize the Word of God. Now, let's look at an example or two, if you will, please. Look in the book of Joshua, chapter number 1. The book of Joshua, chapter number 1. That's page 259 in your Schofield Bible. Page 259, chapter 1, and verse number 8. I'm going to give you a chance to catch up. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. Page 259. I've told you before, I shall never forget. One morning, it's been a good long while ago, I got up early before daylight. I was suffering from arthritis. I got up 
and I was sitting beside of an open window, and it was in the summertime, and I was waiting for the sun to come up. And I sat there and I said, Holy Spirit, I need something this morning that will be a blessing and an encouragement to my heart. I obviously could have turned on the lamp or the light, but I didn't. I just sat there and a little bit, God turned his light on. That is, the sun started coming up and I got my Bible. I said, I need a blessing this morning. I don't recommend this always. I usually follow a little pattern when I'm studying, read a book at a time. But I just turned, I turned to the book of Joshua and I started reading it. I was sitting there. I felt so badly. And I read and I said, now, Lord, give me something that will be a blessing to me. I got to verse 6 in chapter 1. Here's what it said. Be strong and of a good courage. I neither felt strong or had much courage that morning. I thought then, Holy Spirit of God, don't mock me. I need a help this morning. I continued to read. I got to verse 7. And it said, only be thou strong and very courageous. And I read it then and I began to feel a little sorry for myself. And I read on a little bit more, and the Holy Spirit seemed to say to me, Keep reading, and I'll show you the answer. I got to verse 8, and I saw it, and I knew then why the Holy Spirit was leading me. If we're going to do anything for God, we need to, number one, be strong. Number two, we need to be very courageous. Now, here's how you obtain them. Look in verse 8. This book of the law, that's simply the Bible, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Did you know that's the only time the word success appears in the entire Bible? In all 66 books of the Bible, it's the only time. The only time God ever promises you'll succeed, the only time, is associated with meditating upon his word day and night. Now again, I do not believe that you can meditate. You can't walk around with a Bible in your hand. He's talking about memorizing the Word. He's talking about the Word being hidden in his heart that he may understand it. Look for just a minute in the book of Psalms, chapter number 1. I want you to see how very important it is. Psalms, chapter 1, that's page 599. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Do you see it? The man that's going to be happy, and the man that's going to be prosperous, and the man that's going to be successful in the eyes of God and in the eyes of heaven is the man who's going to meditate in the word of God. But in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the wither, river. It means, brother, that there's no dry spots for you or for me if we study the word of God. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. He's going to be a fruitful Christian. And his leaf also shall not wither. He'll not see his work deteriorate or fall if he stays in the word. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Have you go through there with, your, with, your, with a reference Bible and you will find that every time you will find the word prosper, only the one time the word succeeds in the Bible, it's synonymous with meditating in the word of God day and night. In the, in the Old Testament many times over in Africa today, they say they still synonymous with the little man down in my stomach talking about uh, their conscience and so on. So he says he fed upon the word of God. In Psalms 119 and 11 the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Beloved, you cannot have these blessings until we're willing to do it. 
Now, I want you to look again in the book of Acts. Come over to the New Testament, the book of Acts, and chapter number 18 for a minute. Stay with me in the scripture now. Chapter number 18 and verse number 24. I want you to see it. I want you to see as God has been leading me about this thing of memorizing scripture. Notice now, if you will, chapter 18, verse number 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. What do you think he means, mighty in scripture? I looked it up in two different Greek lexicons. They both had the same thing, that he had committed to memory the word of God. That day it would have been impossible. A scroll, just one book of the Bible. Sometimes Isaiah, they said, was on two scrolls. It would have been impossible for a man to walk around with anything as we know of the Bible. They were great big clumbersome things, very, very valuable. Most of the times nobody had them in their home. They had to go to the synagogue to read them. The only way this man could have been mighty in the scripture was that he had committed it to memory. Now the reason if you look over in verse 28, you'll see it again. For he mightily, that's Apollos, for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. He was a mighty preacher. He convinced the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah because he knew the scripture, knew the word of God, and was able to quote it. Then I want you to see the rewards now of memorizing God's word. What will I get out of it? What is it worth to me? I want you to notice, if you will, Let's turn now. We're going to be working in the book of Psalms now for a few minutes, but look in the book of Psalms, if you will, please. Uh, and chapter number 19, beginning and verse number 7. The law of the Lord, I'll wait a minute. The book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse number 7, and that's page 607 in your Schofield Bibles. The book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord. Now, every time in the Old Testament you find the law of the Lord, it means the Word of God. That's the verse I quoted you this morning from Galatians 3.10. Uh, also had to do with that. It was talking about the law of the Lord or the law of His books. Talking about the Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Beloved, one of the things that you will find out it'll do, it'll make you wise. I'll be honest with you, I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of people in my life. I've known people who are wise in various areas, but the wisest people I've ever met in my life are people who know the Word of God. They know where this world came from. They know where we are now. They know where it's going. They also know the plan and purpose for God in their church. They know where the church originated. They know what God wants us to do here on this earth. They know how God wants it operated. They know where we're going. They know that heaven's going to be our home. And I say to you again, the wisest people I've ever known in my life are people who are wise in the Scripture. And God says it'll make, the, it'll make wise the simple people. Take simple-minded people like us and make us wise. For the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And it goes on and gives us great words. Turn over, if you will, please, to Psalms 119. And look what the Word of God has to say there. Psalms 119 and verse number 99. Look what it has to say. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditations. Beloved, what a statement. What a statement in the Word of God. Listen to what the psalmist says. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers, for, their, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I depend upon the living Word of God. And I'll be honest with you, while you can learn from anybody if you're listening and observing, brother, you don't have to sit around wondering about the theory of evolution and so on. We could go down the line because you know from the Word of God. Look at Psalms 119, verse number 130. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. We read the word wisdom for the simple. Taking the simple and making them wise. The word of God always says that. Now, in the word of God, if you will, look for just a moment there. And, uh, well, let's see. Look in the book of Proverbs. Uh, I think that, yes, Proverbs. Uh, chapter number 3 and verse number 4, if you will. We were over there right at it and probably read it a moment ago, but let's read it again in this connection. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 4. Well, I believe I can find it here in a minute if I keep turning far enough. Chapter 3, verse number 4. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. It's coming on down, and it says, My son, forget not my law, but thine, uh, let thine heart keep my commandments. So then shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. God says it'll make you wise. I'll tell you something else it'll do. Beloved, there is nothing, there is nothing on the top side of this earth that'll give you the guidance of the Word of God. You memorize the Scripture. God will guide you, and God will direct you, and God will show you what to do. Look in Psalms 119 and verse 105, if you will. Psalms 119, verse 105, as I mentioned to you a while ago. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I've told you before, I remember when God opened that scripture to me several years ago now. I was reading and studying it and I couldn't quite get it in my mind. I saw my hat in my mind as a boy. I used to go with a group of men possum hunting. We'd take an old kerosene lantern and we'd use that to walk by. They'd have a big long five cells flashlight and when we'd tree a possum, they'd shine that light and we'd shake him out or somebody climb up and get him. And I tried to figure it out. What did it mean? By thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I tried my best to get the meaning of lamp and light. It just wouldn't come. And I studied and I studied and I couldn't get it. Finally, one day I said to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of God, help me to understand what it says. I read it again. The verse didn't change, just I seemed to understand it a little different. I saw the meaning of it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The emphasis is not upon lamp and light, but upon foot and path. My feet, I remembered when we'd take that, it'd just make a circle. And we could walk, I could just about see where I was walking. I couldn't see far down the road with that old lantern. It just showed me where I was walking. If I wanted to see down the road, see if the path continued, we'd turn that old five-cell flashlight on. Then we could see further down the road. And God says, my word is a lamp unto thy feet. I'll show you where you are right now. And if you'll stay in my word, I'll turn the light on, so to speak, down life's road, and you will understand what is on the other side. I'll show you my purpose. I'll guide you. Brother, we need to know and understand and remember the word of God. It'll give guidance like nothing else will. Then I want you to see this. I want you to know this. The Bible will give you victory over known sin in your life. Look in Psalms 119 and verse number 9 again. I want you to look there a minute. Let's make a point in one or two of the verses. Psalms 119, verse number 9 through 11. 
the psalmist is asking a question that many of us ought to ask. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How is a young man going to keep his ways clean? And I believe when he says man here, he's obviously meaning mankind. That means man and woman, or boy and girl. Wherein shall a young man cleanse his way? I want you to notice what he said. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander for thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. There it is again. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word have I memorized. Why? That I might not sin against thee. Beloved, I want you to know that you'll never get the victory over the devil until you can use the Word of God effectively. Let me illustrate briefly. You remember there in the Garden of Eden? Here it is, Adam and Eve, and everything seems to be perfect, perfect environment. Everything seems to be fine. Satan comes in the form of a serpent. He comes up and he begins a conversation with Eve. She begins to go back. He puts a question mark behind the Word of God. He says, Yea, hath God said... Now she stands there and debates with him. She had been perhaps listening to the word. She might have even read the word, but she only had two fingers on it. And when the devil came up and she pulled out the sword, so to speak, he just jerked it out of her hand and used it against her. Now, if you don't believe that, you think it through. I tried to visu uh, visibly demonstrate to you what I meant. Uh, the, it, Brother Terry took the Bible away from me when I was only holding it like that. He took the Word of God away from her, distorted it, and used it against her. It's just like if she had a sword and started to hit him with it. He jerked it out of her hand and thrust it back and said, Yea, hath God said. He brought a question mark. He put, he put the sword back, so to speak, in her heart. But now listen again. When the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 4 was being brought out of the wilderness, there to have been tempted of the devil forty days and nights. He didn't have a Bible in his hand, didn't have a scroll in his hand. The Word of God he had committed into his heart. And Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now the devil didn't use psychology. The devil didn't use anything. He had a five-finger grip on that sword. And brother, he knew how to use it. And he took it and he jabbed the devil with it right in the very place he needed to be hit, right in his heart. And here's what he said. He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He took the word of God and defeated the devil with it. The second time he came to him, the Lord took the word of God and defeated him. The third time he came to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down off of this pinnacle and reveal thyself down here. And he said, It is written. Every time he defeated him, he used the word, It is written. And when he said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Brother, he got in the death blow then. He had five fingers on that scripture. He had heard it. He had read it. He had studied it. He had meditated on it. But bless God, he had committed For he had no book. He had no Bible. He had no scroll. And from memory, he quoted to him and thrust a dagger in. That's the only thing God tells us in Ephesians 6. We'll put the devil on the go. The rest of them, we just have to cover up like a boxer in a corner and let the devil wham away at us and do anything he wants to. But bless God, when you know the Word of God, when you memorize it, you can take the sword and give him a blow and get him out of your way. It'll give you victory. I'll tell you something else, and one of the greatest things to do, it'll give you victory over evil thoughts, dirty thoughts. 
It'll give you victory over unclean things that you experienced in your life prior to your salvation and unclean things the devil puts in your mind. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to be personal with you. How many of you have ever had a dirty, evil thought? I'm going to put my hand up. If you didn't put your hand up, you, you ought to ask God to forgive you for lying. Now let me show you what it says. They'll do it. Look in Psalms 119, verse 113. Psalms 119, verse 113. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. The word of God do I love. This is the same psalmist that says, Whither shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto to the word of God. That's exactly what he was saying. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How can you get rid of dirty, dirty, evil thoughts? I guess of all the questions that have ever been asking me a pastor is, Brother Hudson, how do I control these evil thoughts? I'm going to tell you tonight. You will never forget this message if you listen to what I tell you. Supposing I had a glass right there filled with muddy water. Let's just say an eight-ounce glass filled. I mean, it's brimful. It's completely full. Now, brother, you have to remember this. You have to remember this. God gives you a new heart when you're saved. But God doesn't give you a new mind, and God doesn't give you a new head. You still have this memory, and you can re still remember those old dirty evil thoughts. You can still remember those old dirty vile sins that you committed. They're still there. Your heart's washed clean, but your head's still filled with those old things. There's the glass full of the muddy water. Now, I reach over and I memorize a scripture. Let's just say here's a little white rock. I memorize a scripture. I take it and drop it into that glass of muddy water. A little bit of it spills out. I memorize another scripture, and I drop it in. A little more runs out. I memorize another one. I drop it in. Memorize another one. Drop it in. Memorize another one. It isn't long until that muddy water has flowed out of there and is filled with those clean white rocks. And, beloved, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Your heart gets filled with scriptures. You can't think of evil thoughts. There's no room for them. They're filled with the scriptures and they'll cleanse them. How in shall a young man cleanse his heart? By taking heed thereto to the word of God. And beloved, that's exactly the way that we can get rid of evil talk. You can pray about it. You can talk about it. You can meditate on it. You can take a negative thought. I will not think about them. It'll make you think about them more. There's only one way that God gives that you'll get rid of evil thought. That's memorizing the Word of God. Fill your heart with the Word, and the old, dirty, muddy thoughts will go out of your mind, and you can rebuke them with the Word of God. Brother, we need to get it if we ever had before. Then I'll tell you something else, brother. It'll give you power to witness like you've never seen before in all your life. It'll give you power of witnessing. Let me turn to a minute. Maybe I'll not wait on you because it's over here, but uh, in First Peter chapter 3, and uh, let's see, is it verse number 5, I believe? Chapter 3, and pardon me, verse number 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15, listen what it said. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Did you notice where he said, have those reasons in your heart? It means memorize the Word of God. Memorize it. Get it into your heart, and it'll give you the power of the witness with the Lord sanctified, set apart in your heart, and the old muddy water washed out by the 
influx of the Word of God as these Scripture verses come in. And I'll tell you, when the devil comes to you with a dirty, evil thought, you can quote a Scripture, whatever it may pertain to, you can quote this. And as you quote it, you can put him on the go. I said to someone that came to me and was talking to me, they were receiving uh, 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 obscene phone calls. And they said, how do you think's the best way? And I said, hanging up doesn't do anything. Cussing them out doesn't do anything. And I say cussing them out, I mean, of course, in the right way, telling them off. I said, there's only one way I believe to combat an obscene phone call. And when somebody calls and starts that, just starts quoting Scripture. Start feeding the Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just stand quoting Scripture. They can't stand it, brother. It destroys any thought. It destroys any reason for making an obscene phone call. We've had people to phone us to the extent that we've had to have the police. We've had people to phone us and just breathe into the phone and click it off for some... Yep, but I found out there's nothing in the world to stop them any quicker than just quoting Scripture, quoting Scripture, quoting Scripture. They don't know how to overcome it. There's no way around it, so they give up. Quoting Scripture will give you power, brother. Now let me deal, lastly, on the how of memorizing Scriptures. Number one, you have to determine that you will do it. Now, you will never do it until you determine that. Did you realize it's been said that most of us use less than 10% of our mental power, less than 10% of our brain power? Do you know why most of us don't use more brains than we have? Because we're lazy. It's because we don't make our minds become subject to us. We let it wander off here and wander off over there and think on these things, dwell on these thoughts over here, hung up on as the world spins and, and what's going to happen in pistol smoke. And I had a little boy to tell me Monday night, I, I guess it's one of the nicest compliments I'd ever gotten. I don't think I told you, and it might be a time for a little break, so I'll tell you two little things quickly. During the Southwide Baptist Fellowship, you'd be surprised at some of the backhanded compliments you get and how they, I've told you, haven't I? And this is the third one. And if I keep on thinking, I'll go on, but I won't go beyond that. I've told you how many people have told me, Brother Hudson, we sure appreciate your Sunday night broadcast. Why, we go to sleep listening to them. Now, that wasn't a good one. That was just one I gave you. The other one was, happened right here during the Southwide Baptist Fellowship, and a young pastor came up, and I guess he was a little in awe, something, a little nervous, and he said, uh, 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 Dr. Hudson, he said, would you consider coming up to New Jersey and preaching in my church? I said, well, I'd be glad to consider it. You write me, brother, and I'll consider it, see what we can do, and maybe come up for a day or something. Well, he said, you, you, you know, you were up there with uh, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Hackensack, New Jersey, and he said he, you, you helped his church a lot more than some of those good preachers. <laughs> but I had a better one that Monday night. I mean, I mean, really, it was probably the best compliment I ever had. A little old boy walked up, a little toe-headed boy. I like him. He looked like he could have... He could have been the middle linebacker, you know, for his team. He was about 12 years old, I guess, and he's kind of rough-looking. He walked up, and he said, Preach pretty good tonight. He said, I gave up gun smoke to hear you. My <laughs> brother, when a boy will turn off gun smoke, come hear you preach. That's pretty good. Did you know it? I mean, I mean, that's pretty good. But now here's what I'm trying to say. You've got to determine, you've got to make up your mind that you will do it, You've got to realize that most of us use less than 10% of our brain power. It's something that we can do if we determine what Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It's the devil tells you he doesn't do it. You can't do it. The devil right now is telling you, you can't do it. The devil doesn't want you to be filled with Scripture because he knows that you will defeat him. And he knows that he can't fill your mind with filth. 
He knows that he can't tempt you. He knows that, that he can keep you defeated. He can make you doubt your salvation, doubt the reality of God, doubt the reality of hell. He can make you doubt anything if you don't saturate yourself with the Word of God. And he doesn't want you to memorize Scripture. But most of us don't use our brains. Less than 10% of our brains are being used. It's the same way physically. When you first start to use them, you have to get them exercised. Exercise it. Bring it back. Make it work for you. You'll find out you can do it. And then use a little memory card system. Now, I'm going to take a minute with this. I have some here, just very simple. They're just little uh, pieces of paper, and they've got a Scripture verse written on them. I always like to put the Scripture verse with its reference. Now, I gave these out tonight in our soul winning class. By the way, we had 110 down there tonight, and I thank God for it. But uh, here they are. Here's four of them. This is the Roman road. Everybody, every Christian ought to know the Roman road. Every Christian ought to know these four verses. And um, they have to do. Now, I like to memorize it with this verse on the back. It's got a reference. Just a reference. You can carry them in your pocket when you're waiting on an elevator. Instead of standing like I do, mm -hmm, you know, push that elevator to get here. You can pull them out and you can say, let's see. You look on the back. Romans 10, 13. Now, let's see. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, uh, uh. Now, I'm just, I, I know it, but let's see. Oh, yeah. Shall, shall be saved. Oh, yeah. Uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, Romans 10, 13. You'll learn it. You'll be surprised. If you'll read that thing 25 times and review it, it'll be yours for the rest of your life. There is nothing or no one who can steal Scripture out of your heart. Uh, there's a Roman road. Every person ought to know by heart, by memory, the Roman road. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8. But God commanded, commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. To somebody other than the class, now then, you can have these four. You can have these four, and you can go over. I'll put them up here for whoever wants to come and get them. And you can memorize four verses. If you'll go over it 20, now don't try to get them all four at once. If you'll take one and go over it 25 times, you know how long it'll take you? It might take you 20 minutes. It might take you that long. And then review it. Now, you need to review it every day for a week. You can yearn, uh, 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 learn yards of Scripture. And I'll guarantee it'll do something for your own heart. It'll do something for your ministry in whatever area you're working. It'll protect you against the evils of the devil. The Bible says it's the only way we have of defending ourselves against him. You need to use it. Then there's a very simple system. Now, let me give it to you in a way that you can remember. I'm going to give it to you in acrostics, three letters. I'm going to put them vertically as opposed to horizontally. The three letters I'm going to use spell air, A-I-R. The A stands for association. I stands for impression. And the R stands for repetition. Now let's go back over that for a minute. The first one is association. I think you ought to associate a verse with where you found it, with its context. I like to think of it where it lives. Now, does that kind of help you to get it a little simpler? Where does it live? Well, it lives in the book of John. Now, the gospel of John was written. I can read that if I have to turn just to the introduction of the gospel 
or whatever book it is. If I don't know any more than that, I can find out. The Gospel of John was written to prove that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. First John was written to prove that uh, in knowing Him, and that is Jesus Christ, we have life everlasting, for example. I like to know where it lives. That's association. Who said it? Why was it said? To whom was it said? You can get an association with it. The eye is the impression. Let it impress you. Some verses, frankly, at this point in my life, I guess I just haven't grown. Don't impress me like others. There are some verses that make a tremendous impression. We say it's a favorite verse. That means they've been impressed with it. It means that you've heard somebody preach from it, and you know the beauty of it. Don't you know verses now that to you almost seems sacred, and you hear somebody else quoting them almost say, man, you quote my verse. You know, don't, don't fool. That's my verse. That's my special verse. If I hear anybody talking about Jeremiah 33, 3, I'm going to say, that's taken. Don't fool that verse. Hush up. Don't quote it again. You know, don't you feel like that? That's our verse. That's our address. That's on our steeple. So the angels will know what we're building. It's in our foundation. That's, that's what our church is based on, Jeremiah 33, 3. That's our verse. It made a tremendous impression upon me. And if you'll ask God to give you verses, you'll be reading the Word of God. And there's one that'll leap out off of the pages and just say, Look, would you just adopt me? Would you take me home with you? I'd like to be yours. I'll fight for you. I'll defend you. I'll comfort you. I'll be like a friend to you if you'll take me home with you. Other verses can become real if you let it make an impression on you. And then the R is repetition. Dr. Mark Cameron, whom you'll meet, will impress your heart. He taught me in school. Over and over. Repetition is theological mucilage. 25 years later, I'm standing here in a pulpit. Repetition, theological mucilage. I'm still saying it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. How did you learn your ABCs? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, K, uh, L. No, no, that's not. Let's see. A, B, C, D, and repetition. You went over it. So get it in your mind. Association, the impression, and the repetition that you got to have. Quote it 25 times the first day and review it as you need it assures. Set some goals. Set some goals. Say, Lord, I believe that I can learn. Set your own goal. I can learn 10 verses this month. I mean, without looking at anything, I'll take them and turn them over on the back, and my husband and I, or my wife and I, or my son and daughter and I, we'll sit there and we'll have, maybe on Saturday morning, kind of have a spiritual breakfast. And we'll sit down and when we're eating breakfast and get through, all right, it's Scripture time now. All right, let's see. Now, here's my pile, here's yours, and you pick them up and you look at the bag. All right, Romans 10, 13, and they'll sit there so proud. You'll be surprised what you can do. I challenge every home, I challenge every home to start memorizing Scripture. It'll do more for your young people, it'll do more for you, it'll do more for your family, it'll do more for your marriage than anything in the world that I know of today. Memorizing Scripture, memorizing Scripture. Get some favorites. Let them make an impression on your heart. But follow it down. Set some goals. Set some goals. Set some goals. Do you know the people that I see today that, that's living indecisive lives and ones that are all confused today are people that don't have goals? You know, for example, I guarantee you, you could walk out there tonight, and I assume they're flying in this weather, but if, if they are, you could walk out to an eastern, and you see that man coming out there in his uniform and a gold braid all over him with his briefcase in his hand, and he starts out there, Hey, sir, where are you going? You know how, long, you know how many words he left to answer? Just one. That's all he needs. Suppose you go, Well, I don't know. I thought we just, well, let's kind of fly around a little while tonight. And I says, Fine, I'll see you later. I'll take the next plane. No, sir. I don't want to fly with a fellow like that. Oh, he'll say, Denver, San Francisco, Tokyo, wherever he's going. He's got a plan. Now, he can't see it. 
Man, he can't see the end of the runway. But she says, where are you going? I'm going to Denver. He knows how many air miles it is. He knows the altitude he's got to fly. He knows how much fuel is required. He's made some plans. But he's got a goal. That's why I fly with them. They know where they're going. I'll be honest with most Christians. They don't know where they're going. They don't know why they're here. They don't have a purpose in life. They get up in the morning, somebody, where are you going? Well, I don't know. Just started kind of mess around. <laughs> it's no wonder we don't come. You shoot at anything, that's about what you'll hit. Nothing. We've got to have a goal. Got to have some purposes. And the thing is, we have to remember these things. I want to ask you again. Now watch it. Remember that little finger right there? That's hearing it. That's what you've done tonight. You've read some of it. Now I hope you'll study it. And I hope you'll meditate in it. But you'll just kind of a halfway. You might get the devil if he's going away from you. If he's already done all of his dirty work and starts to leave, you might hit him with four fingers. But if you start memorizing it, you can get a hold on that sword and you can put him on the go that he'll put a sign on your house and tell the demons to leave it alone. Brother, it's, uh, uh, I, like, I like folks, you know, that's puncture-proof, don't you? Don't you like that kind of tires? And God will give us that kind of a Christian life, brother, that the devil comes to us, we'll say, Come on, devil, been waiting on you. And he said, Wait a minute, I'm going to think this thing over. I'm saying to you, brother, I tried to make it something that you could understand, something that you wouldn't forget. But if you'll say to God tonight, I am by God's grace going to memorize Scripture, it will be a message you'll never forget. Or you can't rem forget that which God implants on your heart if you'll listen to it and do it. You need to start memorizing Scripture. We thank you for listening to the Making Much of Jesus podcast. If this sermon was a blessing to you, please share and invite others to listen. And join us next time for the Making Much of Jesus podcast.